Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we take a look at the finals, plus all the bronze game action, who's coming up in Super Pessis for next year, and a special interview with Severi Lassila of Vimpoli. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Welcome to episode 34 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Now, nobody can really see me, but I'm sporting my playoff beard at the moment. Um, I'm Ian Albee, your host, and joining me, as ever, is our faithful coach and guru in all things Pesapalo. It's Mikko Pirhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? Uh, it feels like, uh, well, obviously we are... Uh, at the final stretch and it feels like it so it's like every team is putting in like the energy that they have left and uh and yeah it's <laughs> it feels like that there's been so much pesapalo lately that now we're just uh yeah taking care of the business up until the end and uh and yeah i i mean I need to congratulate you on that look. I mean, it's very 1970-ish, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the trend this year. And uh, let's see if it pays off. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the effort that you're putting in. Well, thanks. Maybe I'll post a picture of it on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter or something uh, so that all the listeners can uh, enjoy my playoff beard as well. Um, but yeah, it's been an incredible season and it's it's hard to believe in some ways that the 100 year anniversary season is about to come to a close. Um, but we've seen some fantastic games. I wanted to talk a little bit, I mean, instead of normally doing the news as we often do, uh, there's not a massive amount of news except for what is going on in the big games. So we'll, we'll start talking about the actual games themselves. Um First of all, starting from the bottom and working our way up, um, the teams coming up from Urkespecies. So we had um, Ali Yarvi and, uh, in the men's and Hamina in the women's uh, confirmed coming up. Um, Mika, were you surprised that either of those two were coming up this year? Well, not so much when it comes to Hamina because I... I... I know a thing or two about the process that they have been doing and uh, I think that their level of like commitment in the training and uh, the whole whole package, so to say, has been on a level that deserves that kind of thing sooner or later. And now it happens and... I think that they are fairly realistic realistic about it so that they will need some uh, new players 
on like key position on key positions but uh, but yeah that was not a surprise that that much of a surprise uh of course alayarve was one of the contenders but i think that they were not the uh top two contender on a lot of papers to be honest and uh well, g- well kudos to them i mean it's not an easy feat to come back from 2-0 and uh take the place take their place in super basis and uh of course, they will also need improvements. Like they will need to sign up. Uh, I would say some from somewhere between three to five super basic quality players, but they also have some interesting young players, and I think that it keeps it easier. It makes it easier for them to keep hold of them and. Uh, who knows what the future looks like over there because they have this team in the, in the at the neighbor that we're gonna be talking a lot about today uh in, in playing in blue and white and they're pretty good at the moment so it's like yeah uh, finding their own rightful place in a community in the area that only holds a uh, what 20 30 thousand people so let's see but yeah yeah i was a bit surprised to be honest well obviously with my role with uh, homina this year i'd um, been watching a lot of urca spaces as well um Ul and lipo were tipped as favorites in the men's to to go up but of course they were knocked out by homina in a, a shock result really um again at home <laughs> Um, it seems to be their their doomed lot in this game to always come close and never quite make it. We'll see if that remains the case uh, this time next year. But in terms of the teams who were possibly going down, the uh, men's team, uh, Koskan Korva, uh, they won in their series against uh, Hamina to stay up. Um, other than the opening game, where Hamina just sort of pipped them to the post, um, it wasn't much of a, a contest for for Koskan Korra. Um, they once they found a little bit of confidence, um, bringing runners home, that was pretty much it. Um, with the women's uh, team, though, I was really impressed at how Roihu Toretta turned around their season from the very latter stages in uh, in July and August where they ended up changing their game manager they were bottom of uh, the table in the regular season and all of a sudden um, they're, they're absolutely smashing it and they've retained their place um, deservedly uh, for next year and Mika what did you make of those two uh, results? Well yeah, first of all, I think that you said all the right things because Koskan uh, Korva is a team that their their basic level of, of play is better than Hamina's. 
So as a one-off, uh, no matter where they play, Hamina stands a chance, but the longer we go, for example, best out of five series, it's it's gonna turn into Koskin Gorva's favor. And uh, yeah, like you said, they retained their place and rightfully so. Uh, as for Rojo, uh, confidence is everything is in, in this board too. And uh, well, once they cleared the most uh, difficult hurdle in beating Perdua, uh, I think that I, I watched the first game of the relegation series and I came to the conclusion that with all the respect towards Lapayarvi, it was a layup for Rojutaret. I mean, it was it was so lopsided that I just checked the results, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was um, a one-sided contest. And um, like you say, once they'd found that confidence, and it's something that they, they seem to lose halfway through the season. And um, certainly when I was... Um, when I was in Finland earlier this year and I went to a couple of the uh, Roihu games, um, uh, one of my uh, my friends who listens to the podcast, uh, Mika Palmu, he was saying, yeah, you know, some of the games, they're not smiling, they're not playing the same way as they have done. And when we've seen these results come back their way, oh, it's good to see them smiling again. This is where they, you know, they're hitting their stride now and it's, it's it's really great for the community because um of all of the places that I've been to it's one of the one of the few places where the community really gets behind the team no matter what's happening on the field so I, I love that atmosphere there um but so that's at the bottom end of the table um we have got some uh interesting games uh, in the books already and coming up in both the men's and the women's uh, finals. But first of all, I want to talk about the bronze series. Now, in the women's bronze series, we already have a result. Um, Lapua, surprisingly for many, um, took the bronze. Um, and Pori end up without a medal at all this year, having won the championship last year. Did that result take you by surprise, Miko? It did, because uh, Lapua was always one of the teams that stood a chance. They were one of the top four teams throughout the season. At some point, Seneyoki came close to being the fifth like in the bunch. But uh, between those four, we knew that, uh, oh, and we have spoken about it, that Lapua can beat anyone in the scoring contest. And they also managed to do that against uh, Bori. And they were good. And Bori's game manager said after the games and that fair and square, we lost to a better team. And, uh, I, and I also appreciate the fact that after they have gotten their bronze medals, uh, Lapua has uh, repeatedly brought to attention the fact that there's been so much 
like negativity and off the field talk and stuff like that that they want to bring something positive to the table and uh, i think that it's a great move and and i want to congratulate them obviously it was a a, you don't you don't win a medal um, by accident and they did like an amazing job with the renewed team and uh, we'll see how it works out in the future Mm. well during the regular season of course Lapua very much sort of separated from the top three in terms of points obviously in um, in any given game Lapua could beat any of those top three uh, and they they have but they were always pushing up against three very strong teams. Um, Pori just seemed to fade away a bit at the end and, and Lapua just managed to, to get over the line. Um, both games ended in uh, in extra innings. So that was... Uh, I mean, it, it showed that it was, it was a pretty close game. Yeah, uh, both and... And one thing that needs to be said about Lapua is that they peaked at the right time because they they managed to turn out the close games to their favor, and they also forced uh, Monse Pepe to uh, to the to the game five uh, in in the semifinal series, which is not an easy feat for anyone to do because they won the regular series, and uh, so. I think that they did a lot of things right. But we'll see, uh, like you say, how they uh, come back next year. Um, they'll be very pleased to have uh, earned their medal. And, and in many ways, they've earned it more than most most teams own a bronze medal a lot of the time. It, it's seen a bit as a, a, a consolation, a sort of so what. It wasn't the championship. That's not what we wanted. But actually, from where they were... They can be proud of that. Um, in the women's final, of course, we were looking to see if Mansa potentially could uh, win both the men's and the women's, but we're in a position, we'll talk about the men's later, but in the, in the women's, we're seeing the rise or the bounce back of uh, Kiritaret who had a bit of a shaky start, um, quiet start to the season. And we talked about how they're, um, uh, they weren't making many moves and, and noises in the uh, the Harley SM games, but they've they've slowly been building. And with this being Emma Kirka's uh, last season, you just get a sense that it's, it's coming together. They want to make it work. They're in the final they're going to go out there and win it. And at the moment, they are two games up to nothing at the time of recording. So, um, Mikko, again, was was this a, a result that was, was not so expected? I mean, uh, at the end of the day, uh, some incredible um, talent on on Mansa's uh, lineup. Yeah, there's so... There's an incredible amount of talent in both of those lineups. And the gap is like, it's not as big as we think it is. 
Uh, it's just that Monza is playing. They they're playing shootouts every day in uh, like night in night out, and uh, that that like catches the attention of people and rightfully so. But Kiritaret is, is always in the mix. And uh, the other week when I interviewed Emma Kirke, she said very wisely that uh, this year they have gone through a lot of like issues and difficulties that many teams may never face like as an organization. And uh, hopefully they don't, but they it, they have also used it to their advantage. And now they are, they have been like the better team on basically every aspect of the game. Uh, they're, they're tactically better. Their outfielding is way better. And uh, well, the most obvious and glaring difference between those two is pitching because uh, Querétaro's pit, uh, pitcher Mari Mantinen is playing an excellent series and she can like she plays on a very high level and Monse has struggled a lot with pitching which in part like well, it plays a part in the fact that they have conceded an astronomical 26 runs in two games. So as we're playing Super Opposite Finals, uh, you're not going to go anywhere with that. No, not with any firepower. That's, that's the honest truth. But, but yeah, was it, was it unexpected? It's it's easy to say in hindsight, but I mean, yeah, I I always thought and wrote and said that they are the one. They are one of the three in the mix for me, and uh, it's not saying that they have won a lot yet because that's. A series that can turn around but at this point it's all about who handles the situation and the pressure better and we need to remember that the home advantage is still like uh, quote-unquote home advantage because they are 2-0 down but uh, once they get to play at home hmm. well <clears throat> when we talk about the pressure um, it certainly got to somebody in this series, and that was the game manager for, for Monsa, who um, is serving a, a one-match ban um, as a result of uh, effectively unsportsmanlike uh, conduct during the game. And again, really seeing how frustrating um, it is going up against Kiritaret's uh, pitching at Mari Munson, as, as you say, really playing a great game at the moment. A lot of frustration, and especially when Gerritaret are just putting more and more runs on the board. Do you think that this is a a big blow for, for Munson going into game three when they're already two games down in the series? 
Uh, you mean going in without the game manager? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Whether I mean, psychologically or otherwise. Yeah, I mean the there the game manager who takes care of things on a larger scale of things is still there, but. They have done it as a tandem, as a duo, all year, and uh, well, yeah, they're missing somebody, but now they have had a week to prepare for that. They have high-quality players, uh, highly experienced players, and they have talked it through, so I don't think that it's that much of a shock. Uh, But... What can I say? I mean, if you're if you're gonna behave like that, if you're gonna be as childish as that, just deal with the consequences. Yeah, I mean, I I watched the clips back um, away from the game, just in isolation, and I just thought, yeah, it it's not the way the that you want to behave in these situations. Okay, they're really high pressured. You're in the finals. There's a lot riding on what's happening and and you know, at the time your your team is is up against it. But you you can't act like that. And I don't know. I I think psychologically it'll be tough for for Mansa to to come back from Having their game manager effectively sitting out, being two and zero down. But if there's one team that can probably do it, and have sufficient firepower, it is Mansa. At the end of the day, this is the team with record-breaking Serie Scholars' um, amazing season. So I think if they can find their focus if they hit that reset button and say okay well it doesn't matter then our game manager isn't there it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that we're 2-0 down we just go out there and play and we go out there to win then they will have a decent chance but if they let all of that get to them I mean we could be looking at a, a very early finish um, for the uh, women's final yeah I mean most of their uh, star players have been playing on a very high level that is very much comparable to those of Kiritaret. But there's just, for me, the the outfielding is one thing that Kiritaret has all of that in place. And uh, in the second final, uh, the Mansepepe outfield just completely blew apart I mean it was just torn it was uh, it was a train wreck to be honest it was just uh, yeah that's I, I I mean I I honestly hate to say it but I also honestly need to say it that if you are playing in the finals uh, with no pitcher, it, like the game manager is just a side note. I don't give a damn what he's doing, but if you don't have a pitcher, you don't have a standard chance. Or then you need to run 
uh, need to uh, hit hit the scoreboard with like double figures every axle. And the most ridiculous thing is that that team can also do that. But uh, I would be pleased to see that Monza would improve their outfielding so much that we would see high quality close games. And those games have already been high quality. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. higher quality, I suppose, is the, uh, is the point. But yeah, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that Mansa team take to the field. I'm going to be hoping that they, they come out there feeling fresh, their heads held high and saying, yeah, we're going to win this because I want to see this series go on. I, I would love to see it go beyond a game three. That's no disrespect to Kiritaret. I just don't want the season to end for the women's teams, I suppose. But there we are. So um, we'll take a short break before we... Um, come back and talk about the men's games and in fact just after the break I will be um, playing an interview that I had uh, just before the final started with Severi Lassala of Vimpli. Joining me now on the podcast is a player who's about to play in his seventh finals during his career, his first since 2017. In fact, this is his 11th consecutive year in the postseason. He's been a crucial part of his team's defence throughout and has worn the white and blue of Vimpoli throughout his entire Super Pesis career. It is, of course, Severi Lassila. Severi, thank you for joining us. Thank you for interviewing me. So I talk there a little bit about um, Sari Kenta and obviously it's uh, a very important place to you. You've you've played there throughout your career. A lot of players that I've spoken to and indeed fans as well say that it's their favourite place to, to play or watch at Pesapolo. What makes the field such a special place? Well, our home field is at least great because of the surrounding river, which adds its own spines to the break routes. And our games are well attended by people in the game rather than in a game that brings atmosphere. And I feel that every year we have a good team and of course everyone wants to beat us on our home field. Well, d- during your entire uh, Super Pesis career, uh, you've not been outside the top four once, um, and either first or second in the regular season. So that's uh, that's a testament to how well the team plays, but also how well the, the games are attended as well. From your career, what is your favourite moment so far? Well, I think there's many, but... The first game and the first East-West game have been very memorable and they are all the only games when I have been excited. (laughs) But if I had to choose one, it would be the first championship in the... uh, What (laughs) do you say? 
six years ago in every way. And we know that Vimpoli has been uh, through a bit of a change in recent years. And we saw at the end of last year, Perto Ruska uh, leave the team. So we're now seeing a new pitcher, uh, even a new hard hitter as a joker uh, as well. Uh, how is the team different in this post-Ruska era now? Yeah, that's right. And it lost a lot of punts with Bertus de Bartur, But it must be said that he was replaced by at least a total player, Jukka Pekka Vainionpää. And player transfers come and go every year, but the game games have gone well this year as well. So I think it's went really well this year. Well, when you look at the table and you see how many runs uh, Vimpli have scored, uh, and, and indeed in defence as well, the second best defence in the league, um, it, it's hard to find fault anywhere with, with the team. Um, but in the finals, of course, you're playing against uh, Mansa. There are a couple of uh, players who you'll be very familiar with uh, from Vimpoli. Obviously, Ruska being one of them, but Henry Paputi as well, who uh, is playing quite well at the moment. We've seen him uh, doing quite well in their series leading up to the final. Uh, how do you feel about playing against uh, these former teammates? Well, it's very cool to play against familiar players with whom you have experienced a lot of during my career. So I think it's really cool. And of course, we talked a moment ago about Yoko Pekovainiompa replacing that Joker role, but equally important, the signing for um, Temo Kinnanen as pitcher. How do you think Temo is fit in with the team this year? Yeah, I think it's excellent. Uh, Temo is a nice guy with a sense of humor who has adapted well to the team. I, I think it's, it isn't easy to come other side of Finland and everything is new here. So it has been seen from, from the game shows what kind of gambler he is at the home base. And he is the big reason behind our good game, I think. Well, yeah, I I was quite interested uh, when I heard about that signing. There was a lot of rumours that probably he would be going to Vimpoli um, last year. But coming from uh, Siliarvi to a team that has a, a very strong setup defensively already, um, it's seen him flourish and it's it's been incredible to watch. Many um, journalists before the season started, though, um, felt that Vimpoli probably wasn't going to be a top team again this year. What were your expectations before the season started? Well, oh, of course, we believed in the final place, and it was known that we have a good, we have a young and hungry team with a plenty of exper- experience, and indoor games and sp- spring training games were miserable, which was certainly part of the reason for the good regular season play. And we broke down the semi-final games of the past years and thought together about what went wrong in them. And in the winter, we polished a lot of joint game and development targets for the autumn games. And here we are. 
Well, it was it was really interesting to see the team develop throughout the year. Um, it seems that in almost every game, Vimpley's managed to find a way to overpower their opponents, even after you've lost, for example, the first Yaxo uh, and then had to come back, uh, or even a, a, a big score in the first couple of innings. Um, how have you managed to stay focused and find a way to win? Well, we are only focused on our own, own doing, in which case it's enough or not to win the game. And tight period wins in the season have given experiences on how how to turn them in, into a win. As our game manager has said all, all season, let's just focus on what we do and then after the game we can look at the final result with a happy feeling that we have done our own thing and nothing changed it. Well, it's certainly been working for you. I talked a, a little bit uh, earlier on about uh, defence and, and how important that seems to have been for, for Vimpoli. Um, how important has it been? Well, defence gives the keys to winning games, so I think it's a big part in terms of winning. And also, I, I feel that I have a big role in getting the, getting the team to play on Italy and knowing what the opponent is doing at any given time. And preparation for the game plays is a big, plays a big role for me. It takes a lot of, lot of time to watch the opponent's game games and you can see different things and remember a lot of about the opponents. Now, this is your first appearance in the finals uh, since 2017. Um, we've seen four years since then of playing in the bronze uh, games. Um, and this is the first time ever for some of your uh, teammates. How does it feel? to be in the final in the 100-year anniversary season? <laughs> well, first of all, it feels great to play in the finals after five years. And I, I miss that feeling that was after the last semi-final game. Uh, I haven't thought about how, how it feels to play in the finals on the 100th anniversary. But however, I was going to enjoy playing a lot and especially since there will be a lot, lot more people in the games than in the other games. So I think it's awesome. In terms of the first round matches, we saw Yoensu beat Sotkamo, um, which was against a lot of people's predictions, actually. So when you then went and played against Yoensu in the semi-finals, how did you prepare for that series? Well, they played well against Sotkamo, as we know. And I thought it would be a tight series with more than three games. But, However, our quarterfinal series got us in good shape and in hindsight. And Kite was more difficult opponent for me than Joensuu. And they, Kite played the best games of the summer in the in the quarterfinals, so it was very good team team play for them. Yeah, well, Kite um, were pretty much destined for eighth place in the table for 
for most, if not all, of the season. And like you say, the best games they played were were against Vimpoli. Um, perhaps a, a, a farewell for Sami Partanen. But uh, were you concerned when you were playing against Yonsu that maybe, just maybe, Yonsu could uh, could beat Vimpoli? No, I don't think so. We just focused on, on our, our own game, so I thought it was hard harder team to play, but I don't know what happened to them at the semi-final. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not your not your worry. <laughs> um, now, of course, we are coming up to the finals um, this weekend, and obviously Mansa, the reigning champions. What do you think their strongest quality is going into the finals? Well, they improved their game a lot, lot as the summer went on, and they have a bunch of surprise and above all experiences. And we need to disrupt their play and get their game broken. And in terms of Vimpoli's strongest qualities, what, what would you say they are going into this final? Well, teamwork and we play inside with the wall team, and of course our home field is is awesome. So I think that's that's the plan plan to win. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, how important do you think it is to have that home field advantage? Yeah, as, as I just said, it that's our strength. Uh, we know how to use our home field well, and. We get good support from the public, and it's hard to beat beat us at the home. And you know, it's our Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had an incredible season so far, and I wish you all the best for the finals coming up. And thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, so uh, welcome back. Um, after that interview, now we're talking about um, the men's teams. So the bronze match, first of all, for me, out of all of the postseason matchups, this is the one that is the most exciting for me. <laughs> um, I I like the other series, but this one, I'm not so sure which way it's going to go. I, I I don't know how it's going to play out. These two teams are so up and down. And of course, we're talking about um, Tarko and, and uh, Yonsu. They've played some of their best games in the uh, postseason so far. Um, Tarko's uh, games against KPL, incredible. Yonsu, of course, annihilated Sotkamo in the first round. Um, but they look pretty ordinary against Vimpoli. I mean, obviously... Vimpley, the the big favourites in that that semi final matchup, but we now come into this series. At uh, the time of recording, it's one one. Um, it's all on the line. The final game. Which way is it going to go, Miko? Who's going to win? 
Well, I'm not going to go there <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well, we've seen already in those two games that, that yeah, there's, there's one team that has an established way of playing and they have played like that throughout the season and now that Joensu has already like they have once again gone to that roulette of who plays when and you know with what number and stuff like that uh, a lot will depend on what kind of a team Joensu will bring to the table i would assume that no major changes will be made after a game that they won but i would consider Hubinka to be the favorites you know with the home advantage and with the roles that they play like the game players know what they're capable of but but there's no, there's no like psychological advantage here because they both, they're both starving to get the, like they crave to get that, a bronze medal, which is like you said, it's not a given that that's the case every year. So, uh, so yeah, anybody's guess. Yeah. So, when we talk about being hungry for medals, uh, obviously. Um, Yoansu uh, won the championship in 2019, but since then they've 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 been out of the um, the medals, as it were, uh, lost in bronze matches um, before uh, since 2019. So for them, they they want to try and regain that Portimakin to almost Yusela kind of era um, that they had. For Tarko, it's even longer since they've uh, they've had medals. Um, their last medal was in two thousand seven. It's it's a tough it's a tough one for me. Um, again, they're two very different playing styles. Where Tarko's strength is their offense, and they've got some incredible hard hitters. Um, a lot of leaders on the team actually as well their weakness is how inconsistent their defense still is whereas Yonsu have um very good pitcher in Vili Valiaho and that's not to take away from Petri Allen and who's who's again coming coming through as a decent pitcher but it's Yonsu's offense that's lacking so it, for me, it's hard to see exactly which of these two strengths or weaknesses will will outweigh each other in this final match. But again, like you say, with the home field advantage, you kind of have to tip um, Tarko there. You, you you get a sense that maybe they believe. You know, the fans have been pouring into Bikola uh, this uh, this year. Incredible numbers turning up. They like the way this team are playing. They've got a lot of belief uh, for this team uh, and the way it's managed, of course, as well. So I I think that kind of level of belief that's been missing for a long time in uh, Huvinka 
um, that'll probably just take them over over the line and they'll win. Uh, I mean, I agree with all those things that you're saying about the general atmosphere because the the most important thing is that the the sport has become relevant and interesting to the common people in Hubinka like during this season and the numbers show that and the general talk shows that and uh, as we do and so uh it's also it's important for the community they will have fans traveling for that decisive bronze game and uh, they they want to get back to that to the top they haven't built a, a top-notch stadium to play for places four five six and now that they're now that they are there it's like uh yeah they're like like i said uh one off we're playing a game of periods uh if they end up square where it, it's just a coin toss i mean you could have one strike of a bat and then it's done so we can we can talk all night but <laughs> I'm, i'm not gonna be making a prediction <laughs> no, no, no no way no no way no i no i agree um like i say it, it could be just one of these little things it's hard to say exactly how the balance will tip what will be more of the focus in the game how will the game play out will defense be the more important aspect of the game will will you know finding those leaders in the in the batting lineup be the the strength that take Tarkov forward i don't know it's um it's going to be a really interesting one and I, like i say for me this is the most interesting medal uh, series because it's one that i really don't know how it's going to go i really don't know at all the final uh, medal series we need to talk about is the one that everybody is um excited about of course it's the uh vimpoli mansa the men's final and we've seen some incredible um games from vimpoli uh in the first two games taking a 2-0 lead uh against mansa and again a mansa uh on for a double here but not double gold a double championship but double silver Do we think that uh you know this this is too much for them to come back against Vimpoli? Um after all it's home field advantage for this Vimpoli side. They've been playing incredibly well. But there's some very experienced uh players on Mansa who won't just simply let those numbers get in the way of them winning the game. So What are your thoughts, Mika? Three things. First of all, uh on Saturday we will see the best version of Monza as of yet. Second, Vimpeli has not lost a single home game this year, including the playoffs. And coming back from being 2-0 down 
has never been done in the history of uh, men's superbases. And the odds for that as of, as of now are uh, 5% uh, for Manse. Like, and that's that's a generous offer if, if somebody gives you that go hammer it I mean it's like it's somewhere between three and five percent in total so it's not impossible because we're talking about humans and the pressure getting in their heads but but this team this Vimpeli team has been so like calm and confident and playing with the within their strengths and they know that they have the width they have they have the like the roster is deep i mean you you have a player like Mikko Kanala playing as a number seven and that's that's like that's that's one of the most ridiculous things that we have seen and the and the system that they have built and the harmony that they have within their system and the way that Severi Lassela, Teemu Kinnunen, for example, are playing, uh, it's just just incredible. And, uh, but, yeah, if there's one team that can get to them, it's like, uh, if, if Thomas Jussela, uh starts starts to play like he did in 2019 for example uh then we're <laughs> then then we're having a series but but yeah uh as it stands there's only one favorite to win the gold medal yeah i mean i've barely seen vimply put a foot wrong this season it, it's been almost perfect it's it's almost like watching um a work of art in front of you how <laughs> they've been playing um the the only mistake i can think of that stands out was when yoensu scored the first run in the series in the semi-final from a, a very wild throw to second base that that was the only flaw I can see in their game so far. So they've been incredible, and and like you say, there's there's depth. Everybody's playing their best. They they want this. They they've been building this team back up. And for Mansa, like I say, there's a lot of experienced heads on those shoulders. There's a lot of um, a lot of history that those players have being in finals. Um, before obviously not coming back from 2-0 down as you say but if there was going to be a team who could even hope to do it it would be this star-studded Mansa side they've been they were built last year as a championship team they won the championship last year Um, but as it stands I I don't fancy their chances. Um, I just think there's there's too much uh, against them. I think Vimpoli are playing far too well. But um, if Mansa win, 
and obviously it'll keep the series alive and make it a little bit more interesting uh, for the final games uh, going forward. But um, yeah, I, I I think it's it's going to be a packed crowd at Sarakanta this weekend, and I can only imagine that um, the home fans will be uh, be happy with the result. Once again, yes, and uh, the most like what well, well, we're gonna be talking about this after the season when we're gonna be wrapping it up. But before this weekend, the most imp- most surprising thing for me, and also the most impressive thing, is that uh, all the time. I have this like I have this feeling that okay Monse still has one so to say one gear left they they they, they can raise their level that's that's a given and like I said they will do that I'm 100% sure that they will do that and they will put up a fight on every level but the most like the most fascinating thing for me is that the like the comparison that I've been using lately is that if this Bimpeli Beto was like a race car, like a Formula One with the six gear box, they they would be on gear five. I would be thinking that they have been like they they have been handling the situation and doing uh, the right things and everybody every time somebody has needed like somebody to come up uh, they have had that kind of a depth to do that because for example Perturuska and Janne Mäkelä have been putting up similar kinds of numbers in these first two games, but Jukka Pekka has been doing something completely else. And uh, I think that we're, we're seeing that uh, Monse Pepe has, they have stars, but they also have quite a lot of flaws for me on their outfield. And players who can win you championships, but are not going to do that year in, year out. And that's like they they can come up from two nil down, but but yeah, a lot needs to happen. But we're not we don't have to go back further than last year when it was two nil and the champagne was on the ice, and then all of a sudden two two, and we have a game five, so. Once again, Wimpeli are uh, big favorites. Uh, like they will win the game uh, more than two times out of three on Saturday. But that does give Monza a significant chance, and uh, it's going to be an intriguing one to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a fantastic series, whatever happens. We've already seen some incredible games. 
Um, if anything, I just wish I <laughs> just wish we could see maybe a little bit more of them. But there we are. Um, but I think that'll just about do it um, for this episode. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard, then please like or subscribe. Heck, even please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at SuperPesisR, or you can read some of my articles on the blog at uh, superpesisroundup.wordpress.com. You'll also see me writing from time to time for Hamina's website and also for the Poltolinia website. Um, but uh, that's it from us. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Mikkel Pirhonen. Thank you, and uh, yeah, let's just wait for Saturday to arrive. And a goodbye from me, Ian Alba. We'll see you soon. If you've got something that's hidden far away